Hey guys, this is Pyromaniac Mo, and before we get going, I just want to take this opportunity to, one, thank Duke and the boy for joining me on episode 50, but also uh, D-Rex, uh, Stag Party, Houdini, uh, all the other fantastic writers uh, we have out there at Pyromaniac right now. It's really uh, my pleasure uh, working here and producing this stuff for you guys, so uh, thank you for being with me for 50 episodes, and uh, we look forward to doing 50 more and then some. Uh, it's just want to take the opportunity to say thanks to everybody involved at Pyro. I know I'm uh, only naming a few. There are many of us behind the scenes, and uh, thank you guys. Thank all the guests for coming on, and most importantly, thank the pyromaniacs out there for putting up with me and listen to the fantasy goo. And uh, until we dive deeper on episode 50 with Duke and the boy, you're going to hear a little bit of the garden part three from Tea Leaf Green to kick off episode 50 of the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast. Just like me, just like we are supposed to be. It's just like me, 
What's the Fuss and Tell Me What's Happening. This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 50. That is right, 5-0. And we are rolling into week 8 of the 2016 season. We're here to talk waiver wire, streaming options, DFS, NFL Vegas vibes, and more. I am your host, Pyromaniac Mo. You can give me a follow on Twitter, all letters, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. And then you got the rest of the crew at Pyromaniac. You can follow them at Twitter, and there is a number one in there. So P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. Tonight's music you heard from Tea Leaf Green, which is one of my favorites. That was a song called The Garden Part 3 off the album Rock and Roll Band. And uh, I love the line in there. Got a little bit of soul, got a little bit of rock and roll in my bones. Don't you bury me when I'm old. Gonna need them when I'm reborn. As you folks know, the wealth of the Pyromaniac podcasts can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, and Blog Talk Radio. Before we get rolling, let's hear from a recent Pyromaniac review on iTunes Radio. This is Tyler Mack. These guys do a great job breaking down preseason draft strategy and week-by-week pickups. I particularly enjoy the episodes leading up to the draft so I can catch up on details while driving to work. Everyone is thorough and detailed in their explanation. However, it feels like you're just talking fantasy football with the boys. Keep it up, guys. Thank you, Tyler Mack. And as you guys know, if you give back to us, we try to give the goo to you. If you give back to us, we're giving back to you. So leave us a review. Not too long ago, we raffled off uh, three limited edition Walter Payton Sweetness posters. This time around, we're going to rattle off a $50 gift card to NFL.com in about uh, five weeks or so from now. That's the Friday show leading up to week 12. We're going to announce the winner. It's about November 25th. All you need to do is uh, do a review on however you encounter us and then Go ahead and grab uh, screen grab, copy and paste. Send it in an email to me. That's Mozambique at Pyromaniac, M-O-Z-A-M-B-I-Q-U-E at Pyromaniac.com. You can also find that info on my Twitter account. And like I said, you can win a free $50 gift card if you leave us a review. All right, gang. Now that that is out of the way, to help me uh, celebrate, bring in... Episode 50, I've asked them back. The one, the two, the only, Duke and Boy. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Hey, Mo, what's up, buddy? Mo, welcome back to your 50th show, I should say. This is <laughs> yeah. fun, man. I'm excited. <laughs> well, let me, yeah. before we even get started, I'm the boy. I am the Duke, usually the smarter of the two. Yeah, uh, the boy is very uh, passive, uh, not very aggressive. He's kind of a, a little tiny girl on the show. It's nice, though. Okay, thanks. I kind of tell him what to do. I, I love the, the chemistry, and that's exactly what you guys deliver on the, the Duke and Boy show, Fantasy Football uh, After Dark. So uh, you guys, have, you know, I've had you on before. Um, of course, we're all part of the FF Podcast Network, and uh, you guys do a great job. I was just listening uh, to your most recent one, your review of Week 7, I believe. So hats off to you. You guys are doing great. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I know I've talked to you. We're uh, planning on, ha- on having you on Duke and Boy Show soon, so we'll get that set up as well. Yeah, uh, I kind of got in the doghouse. Uh, <laughs> you you asked me, and I was, I was all excited. I always want to do fantasy stuff, so I'm making plans. I'm ready to go do the show. You know, I, I break the news to the wife, and she kind of stares. And, and that second, that second, I let it out, and I got that stare. I thought, oh, my God, I'm forgetting something. What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? What am... And, of course, we had planned a date night, which 
you know, with three kids under the age of six, that doesn't really happen anymore. We had the mother-in-law scheduled to come. I mean, this was like a planned deal. And here I am saying, hey, can I do some uh, fantasy football talk yet again? So that didn't go over too well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still here. I have the exact opposite situation. If I told my wife that I had to go do a fantasy football podcast, like tonight, uh, she couldn't have found my coat, my shoes, and keep <laughs> my car fast enough. <laughs> my son's asleep. She just has a house to herself. If I was there, if I never came home tonight and I just went to the Bahamas somewhere and never returned, I think she'd be a happy woman. I, we got to get together and find a little happy medium. I don't um, think it's possible. I really don't. I think she hates me at this point. <laughs> all right i think that was in uh, romeo and juliet i believe it's a, yes. a shakespeare line i think it is it is all right boys well uh it is a pleasure as always to talk fantasy football so i suppose that is what we shall do uh however before we get this thing really rolling, I want to remind folks, stop on by pyromaniac.com. We're ramping up the content. We got weekly pieces, including up the top of our heads, injury report, weekly matchups, plus all the articles and charts you know and love, targets, touches, looks, our power rankings, weekly pickups, and so much more. Um, stop on over. It's at pyromaniac.com. We got a bunch of exciting new writers in the mix right now, so check it out. All right, boys, we're going to kick this off with trivia question number one before we dive into the Vegas vibes. Here we go. Tom Brady. Now, lots of folks are talking about this man entering, I don't know, the twilight of his career, let us say. Uh, a time for reflection, perhaps, you know, a time when uh, one gathers thoughts, provides a bit of perspective. So tell me, and I'm going to give you some time to think about this while we break for commercial, but tell me which team will not miss Brady riding off into the sunset when that day should come. In other words, which NFL team has Brady thrown the most touchdowns against? I want Duke and Boyd to think about that as you listeners at home think about it as well, and we will be right back. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. We're paying the bills, and we're here with Duke and Boy. I, of course, am Pyromaniac Mo, and I asked the question... Tom Brady, know him, you love him, you hate him, whatever the case may be, there is a team out there that Brady has thrown the most touchdowns against. Gentlemen, can you tell me that team? Well, I'm going to assume it's in the AFC East. Um, I'm going to, Duke, I don't know about you, I'm thinking a team that probably hasn't done too well against the Patriots in Brady's career. I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. Well, you guys, if you're playing as a team, you're in the mix still. If you tell I me gotta... we got that wrong. <laughs> if we, you tell me we both got that wrong. No, no, no. You're still in the mix. So One of you got it right. I, I liked the Sherlockian deduction there. AFC East, Buffalo is the winner. So Duke Obviously. got that one, I believe. Oh, I told you. I told you when we started. I'm usually right. And he's usually wrong. <laughs> In, indeed, you are living up to that, sir. Here we go. Uh, Buffalo. Close, though. How many has he thrown? Buffalo, 62 touchdowns. Mm. The Dolphins are second with 49. Oh, wow. It's not even really close. That's The close. Jets, to round off that division, he's thrown 39. And then the team he's thrown the most against outside the division, of course, the Colts. Back in the day, we had the great Manning rivalry. He's thrown 29 against the Colts. But 
one of the things I'm going to be talking about here soon, Buffalo, 62 touchdowns, and that is indeed who he's facing this week. That's a, that's a lot of TDs against one team. That is a ton. That's that's it, it really the difference between uh the Bills and the, the Dolphins and Jets is is staggering. Yeah. <laughs> it um, is it's a, it's a ton considering they see them the same amount of times. Exactly. Yeah, crazy. So, that brings us to the Vegas vibes. I tossed that one in there and I wanted to get it right in at the beginning. Uh it's one of the games I'm going to talk about. Of course, we've got uh on by Baltimore, LA Miami, the Giants, Pittsburgh, San Francisco. That's a mouthful. We just had the Jags-Titans game. And, of course, next week, we got almost as many. We got Arizona, Chicago, Cincy, Houston, New England, Washington on by. So this is that part of the year. People need waiver wire pickups and uh, need to scramble in order to secure a, a spot. So let's look at some Vegas teams, Vegas games, and see what you guys think. Uh, one thing that really stands out to me and I try to use Vegas uh, to, I don't know, influence my fantasy predictions. One game that really stood out here, you got the largest over-under. I like a lot of fantasy guys on both of this. Now, it opened at 52.5 Green Bay at Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, tough against opposing wide receivers. But if you look at the schedule-adjusted fantasy points against, they rank 27th or worst against quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends, so lots of points to be had here. Packers, on the other side, are funnel D, uh, stout against the run, susceptible to the pass. In fact, uh, in raw fantasy points, they've given up the fewest to opposing running backs on a per-game basis, 14.9. Now, Green Bay's banged up, especially in the secondary, uh, and, boy, uh, their starting left corner, Quentin Rollins, he's listed as questionable, hasn't suited up since week Five, they, of course, Sam Shields, he's already ruled out. He's been banged up all year. That leaves Goodson or Hawkins. Uh, Pro Football Focus grades all their guys. They have 115 graded guys. We're talking about Goodson and Hawkins rank 105 and 109 out of all cornerbacks. Their highest graded guy will probably see Julio. He grades out at 61. So lots of points to be had here. Atlanta is number one in points scored per drive. And Green Bay ranks ninth. Uh, I'm liking guys on both sides of the ball, but uh, you got any favorites here? What do you think about the Atlanta Green Bay game this weekend, gentlemen? Well, this is the first game I was going to bring up. I think this is going to be, uh, as Vegas says, uh, a high-scoring game. I, I just don't see any way around it. I think um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to say he turned a corner because he's Aaron Rodgers, and but he has been. He has not looked himself. Uh, I I think he kind of, uh, I, and I think going against the Bears will help just about anybody, but he looked good last game. Uh, he got a lot of people involved, and I just think there's there's just so many people. There's a lot of mouths to feed, but I think Rodgers could do it. And on the other side of the ball, I, I, Atlanta, you know, Matt Ryan, uh, probably the fantasy MVP at this point, and I don't see any reason why that would stop this week, Duke. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I kind of think the the Green Bay run defense is a little convoluted. I don't I don't think that they're as good as what they are right now. I mean, they really haven't played great running games most of the season with the exception of week six, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, they played Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been awful running the ball. Minnesota with no Adrian Peterson has been awful. Detroit's been awful. Giants have been awful. Uh, and then they played Chicago last week in a blowout. So I don't know how good they are against the run. I think mm. Devonta Freeman could be exceptional this week. No Tevin Coleman. Uh, indoors, like you said, it's a very high-scoring offense. 
Uh, I, I see Devonta Freeman potentially flirting with RB1 this week, potential, the RB1 this this week. Um, I don't think the Packers can stop the pass. They definitely can't stop Julio Jones. I see the Packers losing this game. We talked about this this past week with Ty, uh, Ty Montgomery. Um, and he was a nice story last week. I don't think he's the answer at running back short term. I think that was kind of a, a piecemeal thing where they had to get something together in the backfield. He wasn't very good running the football. He definitely wasn't good on the goal line. And I think we see a little bit more Nile Davis this week. I, I would I, I would imagine we see probably between 8 and 12 carries for him maybe this week if he can understand the pass protections. But I, I think the Packers uh, are going to take an, an ass-whooping in this game. Uh, and it's it's pretty pretty easy call, I think, this week. Matt Ryan, QB1. Devonta Freeman, QB2. Or running back one. I like it. And uh, a lot of the players you mentioned, I'm going to bring up later as we uh, dive in a little bit deeper. And gentlemen, forgive me, maybe I should have started with you, but uh, is there anything else on the Vegas slate or anything else that's kind of looking juicy to you? Uh, I, I Again, I really like to use Vegas to kind of, one, hopefully win money, and two, have it help me with my fantasy picks. But uh, you said that was one of the ones you were going to talk about. Is there another game that you have? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, no surprise. It, I always find it's easier to look at the ones that are expected to be high scoring uh, mm-hmm. when you're looking for fantasy, uh, you know, fantasy points. Uh, Oakland at Tampa Bay, uh, I, I believe is the second highest uh, point total they're looking for here, 49 and a half right now. Um, again, it's two w- what I would consider explosive offenses, uh, two not so great defenses. And uh, I think it's going to be another shootout. I mean, uh, Derek Carr has been uh, pretty great this year. And, uh, you know, Jameis Winston, he's on and off. But, uh, you know, I, I expect to see both teams put up a bunch of points. I think uh, both offenses will have a lot of fantasy contributors this week. Yeah, I see with, with, with Jameis this week. I mean, Jameis, right now, the the, the we okay? Yeah, I, I believe we are. I, uh, is that on? Uh, we're we're hearing some chimes and yeah. some bells when I talk to you guys. I don't know. I just hear I good music. And, yeah, Duke's got to charge his computer. phone because he's he's uh, not um, prepared. I was having a panic attack there because I've had these these uh, the podcasts when you know I'm getting little blurp, blips and chirps and uh, uh, announcements and I thought, oh my god, something's gonna crash. But uh, I, I like it. It's a phone announcement on your end. I'm all good. Um. No, but I, I, the Packers are in the midst of right now a three-game stretch. Uh, not the Packers. The, <laughs> the Buccaneers right now are in the midst of a three-game stretch. Great schedule. Um, I think Mike Evans, Jameis Winston are a lock to lock up uh, to match up twice this week uh, with touchdowns. That I think that has the potential to be the highest-scoring game of the week. Two teams that really can't stop anybody on defense um, and offenses that are really just geared to throw the football. Uh, no Doug Martin again. Yeah. Rodgers has been nuts, but yeah. I don't know if I trust Jaquiz Rodgers uh, in this matchup because I happen to—I th- just think that this is going to be a big, t- big time Mike Evans game, mm-hmm. big Jameis Winston game. I think Jameis Winston is going to have a massive, massive week. We are of a like mind, my friend. Uh, not to tip my hat here, but uh, that is indeed the image of uh, episode fifty. It's a duel for my. Um, stack of the week, Mr. Winston and Mr. Evans. Uh, but I love this game as well. Uh, Oakland, they rank 27th in schedule adjusted to opposing wide receivers. 
even Tampa, uh, real susceptible to the running back. Um, when you adjust the schedule, which is strange because remember earlier in the season we were talking about how the one strength of the Buccaneers was their run defense, right? Stop anybody throwing the football, and now that collapsed as well. So it's it's really just two defenses that can't stop anybody in any facet of the game. Yeah, Tampa, they've allowed eight different running backs to score a touchdown or and or put up over 100 combined yards. Now you've got your Todd Gurley's, your David Johnson's, your Anderson's, your Coleman's. However, that list also inclu- includes Chris Johnson, uh, Cameron Artis Payne, Sean Drone, Mike Davis. Both scored last week. Hell, Dewan Harris, the 49ers' third running back, had a... Uh, Three catches and 57 all-purpose yards. So they're really um, leaking, bleeding there against opposing running backs. So I like this game to be over as well, and I am in love uh, with Tampa. And the more points scored on both sides, the better, I think. Oh, absolutely. I think Another one I'm looking at is uh, the Colts Kansas City. Uh, we This one opened up at 49.5. Uh, Colts allowing 4.7 yards per carry. Only three teams are worse. Colts are just one of six teams allowing an average of 30 PPR points per game to opposing running backs week in and week out. Um, And, of course, we've got Spencer Ware, who I've been riding. Uh, I was on the under in this game last week, and I I think that might happen again, but I still think it, it could be the Spencer Ware show. They run the ball. They chew the clock. They play defense. Uh, in fact, in six games, the Chiefs have hit on the over just twice. So I kind of like this one much in the same way as last week for the Spencer Ware show to be delivered. Uh, are you with me on this one? Although I do like um, Andrew Luck a bit. I like Moncrief, but I still think it's going to be under and I still think it's going to be the Spencer Ware show. Yeah, well, if you listen to the Duke and Boy show, we actually talked this past week about uh, if it's possible that Jamal Charles does not get his job back at all uh, because Spencer Ware has just been so good and mm-hmm. uh, so productive. And it's always I always enjoy when you get a just a random running back that you know you don't really expect much out of in the off season. And you know here we are halfway through the year just about, and Spencer Ware you know locked in as an RB one. It's uh it's fun to watch. Yeah, I think we all took for granted uh, with Jamal Charles coming back. We said he well he came back from his first ACL and he was great. <laughs> Um, and now he's obviously older, uh, toward another ACL now. So he's working on two bad knees. Obviously both his knees blew up this past week. So now he's out for this week. Uh, I see Spencer Ware having another tremendous week. This is probably one of the best matchups you can have in fantasy football. Indianapolis is awful against the run, giving up, I think almost, I think every single game this year, they given up a hundred yard rusher. Uh, I don't see that changing at all with Spencer Ware. Um, I, I don't, we, me and me, the boy, we're talking about this just before we came on tonight. And I, I just don't see this game being, uh, a high scoring game as Vegas sees it. Uh, right. You know, I think that Kansas city plays it really close to the vest. They run the football. They don't like Alex Smith take too many shots. Um, and I think that they dominate time of possession. I don't see the Colts, uh, being able to beat Kansas city's defense that much, which hasn't been great, but the Colts offense hasn't been that great either. Um, it, it's, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think we could be looking at like a 17, 21 game, 17, uh, 10 game, but I do think Spencer Ware has a massive game. I concur. And if I could crow a little bit, I hit pretty big last week, uh, Vegas and DFS, but Vegas hit a four game parlay and, uh, the under Kansas city was 
one of those. And as I said, in the last uh, six games, the Chiefs have been under four different times. Another one that I'm really looking at, and really there's two more, and I don't have much to say about the last one, but the one I think is very intriguing, Chargers at Denver, or Chargers at Broncos, opened with Denver favored by six. Uh, That's been dropping pretty precipitously. I think it's down to 4.5 now, Uh, but uh, I like to look at the opening. You know, after that, I think it's just betting trends, Uh, but opened at six-point favorites. That was the Broncos. It's at the Broncos. Now, looking deeper into this, I think the Chargers could play a spoiler role here, perhaps. Uh, They're 4-0 against the spread in their last four road games against an opponent with a winning record. They're 9-1 in their last 10 road games against the spread. And finally, Chargers are 8-1-4 in their last 13 games in Denver, which I think is is pretty good. Um, So what does all that mean, right, if you... um, Look at the spread, which is rapidly decreasing. I think the Chargers could make this a, a closer game than most folks think. Now, even if the game script goes accordingly, you certainly like the Denver backs. But even if San Diego makes this a close one, in years past, when the Chargers have made a game out of this big rivalry, uh, it's been because of a successful ground game. So to me, I like the backs kind of either way in this one. I'm certainly going to talk about a Denver back coming up later with Mr. Booker. But Gordon, here's the interesting thing. Everybody's loving him this year, right? He's not really very efficient. I mean, everybody hated him last year. He had a better yards per carry average last year, 3.5, than his 3.3 as of right now. The difference, of course, 10 all-purpose touchdowns. Uh, I mean, my God, the man has received over 20 looks a game in the last five out of seven outings. So, again, I'm all over this one. I got a lot of plays here. Uh, What do you think about the Chargers-Denver? Do you think Chargers can make it a game? Well, first of all, I I want to touch on Melvin Gordon. uh, Mm -hmm. One of the things I like to say all the time is, Melvin Gordon, great for your fantasy team, not so great for the San Diego Chargers. It's just one of those things where uh, real life does not really match the fantasy output. I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh, With that said, the Chargers... Uh, remind me a lot of the Giants from last year. Uh, fourth quarters have been awful. Yeah. Uh, you look at the Chargers at three and four. I I think they're a better team than that. Uh, I I think their offense is not so bad. I mean, Philip Rivers has been doing you know been doing it for a long time. I I think it's I think it's going to be uh, a pretty close game. And if the Chargers pulled it out, I wouldn't not be shocked. Was not very impressed with Trevor Simeon. Uh, against the Texans looked more like a game manager to me, uh, which I, I guess the Broncos are fine with. But uh, I, I think anytime you got Phillip Rivers, you know, just throwing it around, uh, the Chargers, I, I think they always have a shot to put up a, a ton of points. I don't know about Melvin Gordon this week. He scares me. And the last time they played Denver week six, he had less than 10 points uh, overall. Uh, didn't get in the end zone. So it's going to be it's going to be a scary matchup this week. In Denver, um, I'm worried about him. Like you said, I think the floor is going to fall out on him pretty soon. He can't keep scoring every single week. Uh, on the other side, I know you mentioned Devontae Booker, and we're probably going to talk about him later. Um, I, the matchup is nice for him. On paper, it's nice. You know, San Diego is one of the worst run defenses in the league. But I, I don't know if I can trust Booker yet to be an every down back. We haven't seen him do that yet. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if he can actually handle that. I, I, I know this week, uh, if you haven't picked him up for waivers already, he's a was a massive pickup this week. And uh, 
we haven't seen it yet. So it's just, I'm I'm a little apprehensive about ranking him as any more than an RB two. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm certainly going to talk about him later, but even a look ahead at DFS, if you're looking for uh, a, a counterplay, I suppose, uh, perhaps you can do a dart throw with uh, Capri Bibbs because we just don't know. There was a time not too a couple weeks ago when Latavius Murray went down, and I believe everybody was on uh, Washington, and it didn't exactly – roll out that way everybody thought he was just going to get all the running and he he did not and we're not sold on booker but i do really like him um a lot of, i'm gonna talk about him quite a bit later uh, last one just real quick um i like that we already talked about it but new england at buffalo patriots favored they opened at five it's been increasing since their pats are 10 and 2 in their last 12 games against buffalo brady lifetime Again, we heard the the trivia, but Brady lifetime versus Buffalo twenty five and three. The man tosses a touchdown every twelve point eight seven pass attempts. That's insane against Buffalo. So uh, this is going to be a good game to watch, regardless. Um, but lots of running back possibility here. Uh, going to be an interesting game, and we just like to see Brady win or fail. If you're a lover or a hater, uh, who are you liking in this one? Well, I mean, Buffalo always plays Brady tough. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a Pats fan, so every Buffalo game is kind of tooth and nail, uh, scratching and clawing the whole time. Um, Patriots usually seem to run the ball pretty well on Buffalo. Uh, running backs have done very well against them. I remember Jonas Gray had great games. Legarrette Blunt had great games. Um, even back to when Danny Woodhead was playing, he had great games. Gronk is from the area. Uh, nobody... Anybody that knows me knows I love Gronk. Gronk usually scores in Buffalo. You can almost take it to the bank. I think he just didn't score once last year, and that was the first time in, I think, five years that he didn't score in Buffalo. Um, so that right now, Gronk is my lock of the week for at least a score, probably about 70, 80 yards. Uh, on the other side, with Gillisley playing this week, no McCoy. That's interesting to me. I'm actually starting him in a league. Uh, I'm curious to how that, see how it's going to unfold. I don't know. I think that, that with game script, I think they make it kind of locked out of the run game pretty quick. Um, they've been pretty bad on offense so far this year, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. It's certainly going to be interesting to see. And we know Rex Ryan just loves to get up for the Bills. Uh, and I suppose Belichick does as well. Um you know, a couple other games, certainly on the low end, but highest implied team total of the week, uh, Atlanta, just over 27, uh, Patri- Patriots 27, uh, KC's up there, Packers are up there. Anything else that you guys are eyeing in Vegas, or you want to start talking some uh, pickups that we can uh, dump, jump into? Uh, you know, just one game I, I want to touch on real quick is uh, the Redskins and Bengals, obviously playing at Wembley Stadium this week. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they're, Vegas is expecting a high-scoring game. I don't, for whatever reason, uh, I I think the London games are more low-scoring uh, than anything else. You know, we saw it already with the Giants last week. Uh, but even in years past, I, I don't remember real shootouts happening in London. Uh, just one of those interesting things. And uh, the Bengals' implied total, I think, is over 26 points, and the Redskins over 23. Uh, that just seems like a lot to me. But uh, I, I am interested to see how Jordan Reed comes back from uh, his concussion. He's obviously a big part of that Redskins offense. Yeah, Jordan Reed. I mean, 
six official concussions in roughly the same amount of years. Uh, seven unofficial, I think. Um, you I, know, I he's. Almost, I almost want the guy to retire, man. I mean, I, I'm nervous about what he's going to look like in ten years. You know what I mean? I mean, you just well, see guys like this living good lives uh, and long lives. It's going to be very interesting to see if this whole CTE thing and and concussions thing actually holds true with Jordan Reed because he is probably the biggest test case test case walking right now. Well, you know, teaching high school, uh, I deal with people, individuals that truly live in the now and you have that um, mentality that you're going to live forever. It's going to happen to the other guy. It's not going to happen to me. The invincibility of youth. But I think uh, that can, that same idea can be transferred, I think, to football players. Uh, I'm a tough guy. It's not going to happen to me. Play through this kind of thing. And we haven't seen the effects of this. And... I'm scared for him as well. Jordan Cameron kind of going through the same thing. He said, Jordan Reed said, I feel 100%. And I heard some you know, sports analysts saying, does he even know what 100% is anymore after all this damage to his brain? So you're right. It's a scary thing. Well, and I will mention, you know, I, I think me and Duke actually touched on it last season uh, or before this season with Calvin Johnson retiring early. Uh you know, Marshawn Lynch kind of before the wheels really fell off. Uh, you know, you do see guys kind of getting out of the league a little earlier uh, due to injuries. And I am curious to see if that becomes a trend. Uh, obviously, it's the concussion thing is a tough thing because it's so uh, you don't really know. Nobody's in Jordan Reed's head. Only he really knows uh, how, how he feels and uh, how with it he is. It's, it's kind of uh, obviously a very touchy subject. Certainly is, and I, you know, it makes me sort of shake my head when I see Goodell talking about gambling in the NFL and how it's, you know, I don't know, morally bankrupt or <laughs> something he used when he's profiting off the destruction of young men's brains. Uh, he's one to talk about, you know, moral degradation, but it's certainly concerning. I would be very concerned as family members, and I don't know, even as a dad coming up, I, I played football, but I'm certainly going to have a long talk with the family uh, when my boy gets to be of age. I, I want to be in the stands and, and cheering for him, but it certainly makes you think twice, I think. Moving right into, as we get off that somber note, let's talk some fantasy, because if anything, we're just degenerates for this wonderful game that we all love. Um, we're going to talk streaming, so I'm using fantasynfl.com I'm going to give you a little preview here ladies and gentlemen fantasynfl.com we're talking guys that are available in 50% of leagues uh, I even check from time to time over on ESPN and they're fairly close so we're talking about guys that are available in 50% of leagues that is going to be coming up very soon but I want to move right into trivia question uh, number two most folks know that Drew Brees leads the league in yards per game. In fact, gentlemen, I, I dare say that most casual fans might even know that Drew Brees is a far better home quarterback than a road quarterback. But here's what I want to know from the Duke and Boy and you folks at home. Here's what I want to know. On a per game basis, this year, 2016, we know Drew Brees is better at home. I want to know how much better. So passing yards. Give me a rough estimate, and we don't have to get down to decimal points here, but I have a decimal point, but I just want to know 
how many yards is Drew Brees putting up at home versus the road? What is the differential? I want you to think about that. As you listen to this, we're going to be right back on the Pyro Light with Duke. And boy, stay with us. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. Uh, guys, the season is here. The time is now. In order to dominate your league, become a Pyro Pro. You can join for a week, a month, or a full year. You get the news feeds, rankings, which includes the famous Heat Index, access to the resource toolbox, and of course you get access to the Mindshare by asking second opinion questions. We answer everything. Uh, we're starting to ramp up those news feeds, which include the fantasy goo, so you get the stats, and then you also get our take on it. Information about becoming a Pyro Pro is available at pyromaniac.com. All right, before the break, I asked about Drew Brees. Most casual fans know he's leading the league in yards per game. Most casual fans, or the sharper ones, I suppose, know that he's a better home quarterback than a road quarterback. My question for you is how much better? So what's the difference between Drew Brees at home, yards per game, this year, than Drew Brees on the road? What say you, gentlemen? Well, I will say this. I, I do know that Drew Brees at home has been in I, I off the top of my head I, I could think of three real shootouts. I know there was the uh, first game of the year with Oakland. Uh, there was a game against Carolina and uh, a game against Atlanta actually, um, where I know he passed for a ton. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he's probably close to 400 yards per game at home, and I'll say 280 on the road. So I'm gonna say like a 120 yard difference. Uh, Mr. Duke, what say you, sir? I want to be right because I usually am. Right. Uh, let's say 166 yards difference. Wow. On the nose. I got to tell you, I'm going to go with the, the boy winning this round. Oh, <laughs> screw you, Mo. Yes. <laughs> well, here, let me give you the facts, gentlemen. Drew Brees at home. 421.3 on the road 278.7 uh, the difference is 142.6 now boy i believe he said 400 and he said 280 which 278.7 so he was just 20 off he was 20 off his gas darn close darn close 142 is basically the difference round up to 143 but uh boy i, I believe is the winner i'll take that one and Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a push, <laughs> but uh, to point out that uh, that's a huge huge difference uh, home and on the road, and like you mentioned, that's been a lot of Drew Brees' career in New Orleans. So. Now Drew Brees at home, but against the vaulted Seattle Seahawks defense this week. What are you thinking about that? What's Mo? vaulted? Vaulted? You mean vaunted? 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 <laughs> I could say vaulted. <laughs> If, if, if for anybody who heard the Duke of Boy show, you you, you can make up words all the time. <laughs> if you say it and you're convicted with what you're saying, you're good. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, how for how for flipperous of you, sir? That's a good word. I like that. Yes, sure. But Making yeah. up words as we go here. But um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> I forget where we were going with this thing. In Seattle, I'm interested in that because right. I, I can't wrap my head around it. Because you think of one aspect, you go, okay, Drew Brees at home, money in the bank, right? But he's playing against Seattle, one of the best pass defenses in the league. Um, or I'm sorry, he's playing in New Orleans against one of the best pass defenses in the league. 
it's kind of a uh, uh, conflict of positions here. I don't know how to rank Drew Brees. I don't know what to expect from Drew Brees. It's going to be a tough one. I, I still think, you know, 421 at home, that is a monster number. And I know Seattle's tough, and I, I love this game. You've got uh, juicy games situations here. you got Jimmy Graham, revenge game. Uh, Michael Thomas, he is really coming out firing. Uh, he's a guy I'm going to talk about later. I think this is going to be closer than a lot of people think. I think it's going to be higher scoring than perhaps even Vegas thinks. I think Drew Brees does quite well this weekend, personally. Uh, I think the the Saints might even pull it out, but if not, I think they're going to score. There are going to be some fantasy points to be had on both sides, but particularly the Saints wide receivers. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You think Seattle's up to the task? No, I, I don't think their offense can can keep up, but I don't think that they're they're going to have to. I mean, th- could this be that one outlier week where Drew Brees just disappoints everybody and has just a dud at home? I, I if if any week that could happen, it's this week. It certainly could. This is going to be one of my uh, games. You know, I usually watch the red zone on one, and then I've got another one sort of locked in. This could very well be that one I'm locked in on. Uh, I'm really excited to see this one, and I'm I'm a sucker for revenge games and when there's a little bit of narrative there jimmy graham coming back i think that's going to be good now let's turn to streaming as i said 50 percent available in nfl leagues nfl fantasy leagues that is and we're i'm doing the fishbowl here gentlemen this year i've been recording all of my picks now i'll usually toss out a couple names i have one or two or three or whatever on a given week official calls i'm keeping track now officially If you were to follow my streamers in every week on NFL Fantasy, they are available in at least 50% of all leagues. If you were to follow my streamers and add up all those points, right now you would have quarterback 5, 135.1 points. So, I think I'm doing pretty well for streaming. Um, I got a few guys here that I'm going to talk about. One official. You might call me crazy, but uh, give me a streamer. What what quarterback do you like this week that you can grab off the waiver wire, most likely, and plug in and play? Well, let, let me say this. I, you know, uh, I talked to you earlier in the week, and you said guys under 50%. And at the time, uh, Dak Prescott was under 50. He's That's now, fair. That's now fair. He's at about 48%. Uh, I, I love Dak Prescott. Uh, it, I, I, I don't, I'm surprised that he's now owned in more leagues. But the guy for this week... Uh, if you're looking just to get a, you know, a random good game, uh, I know Duke talked the opposite about it, but Alex Smith against the Colts, mm-hmm. uh, he's available in nearly 70% of leagues. Look, I, I think Andrew Luck is going to, you know, put up a good amount of points uh, against Kansas City's defense, and Alex Smith is going to have to reciprocate that. Now, I know Spencer Ware is going to be a big part of the offense, but he could also be a big part of the offense uh, receiving out of the backfield. Now, am I expecting Alex Smith to put up 300-plus yards? No, but would it shock me if he throws three touchdowns or two to three touchdowns? No, I I think it's going to be – I think that's one of those games that, you know, we talked about Vegas having a uh, you know pretty high over-under. I think Alex Smith is going to put up points this week. I'm going to go for a kind of guy that has really flown under the radar because of an injury. If you're grasping at straws and nobody wants to start this guy, but I know I know where you're going with this. <laughs> do you really think you know where you're going? I think I do. Nobody wants to start this guy. Josh McCown. <laughs> yeah. Josh McCown, coming <laughs> Cody Kessler, 
supposedly is healthy. He had basically one good game. Was impressive in that game. He's against Cincinnati, who has the fifth worst pass defense right now in the league. Josh McCown's a sneaky play this week. Nobody wants him. He's free. Nobody has him. Either. Nobody has him. Why the hell would you want to? But I mean, if you're on a on a bye this week and you need a quarterback really bad, there's worse options than Josh McCown. Not many. Not many. <laughs> but there are worse options. Blake Bortles. Even I would say Blake Bortles is one of them. But Blake Bortles just had a probably a top ten day. On Thursday, that night. was the most Blake Bortles game you're ever going to see. That is Blake Bortles in a nutshell. Absolutely, <laughs> but uh, I think Josh McCown this week is very, very sneaky. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Josh McCown. Yeah, and it's against a Jets defense that has underperformed all season. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna give you maybe the flip side of that because I like a Jets defense coming up a little bit later. I do too, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I I like the Smith call. I had him jotted down. Of course, you never know where, when it's going to be the Spencer Ware show. Although Smith did well last week. Uh, he's got a nice stretch of opponents here, the last two and coming up. Also like Dak Prescott, week nine. Uh, if you want to tuck something away, he's facing Cleveland. Uh, this week, Cleveland, uh, Fitzpatrick, he's out there. He's available. Um, in schedule adjusted for fantasy points against, which I really like using, 4 for 4 came up with this, Cleveland ranks 31st against opposing quarterbacks. Cleveland ranks 31st uh, against opposing quarterbacks, giving up an average of 106.9 for their QB rating. So Fitzpatrick's not bad. However, if you think that they are 31st in those two categories, begs the question, who is 32nd? And that is indeed who Brock the Rock Osweiler is playing, and Lord forgive me, I'm going with Brock as my official call this week. He's facing Detroit. They are 32nd in both those categories. Uh, Houston is a home. I love a home quarterback. Uh, Every single team Detroit has faced, the opposing quarterback has put up at least 16 fantasy points. Man, for a streamer, I'm going to take 16 fantasy points all day. Detroit, Holodinata, Lawson, both questionable. DeAndre Levy, out. Darius Slay. This one is key. Darius Slay is out. He has been ruled out. That's their best corner and perhaps their best linebacker. Talking about DeAndre Levy. So far, every single opponent, um, uh, quarterback, has been able to put up at least two touchdowns. That's even Cousins running one in last week. Heck, Keenum put up three. Luke and Rogers put up four. That brings the grand total of touchdowns scored by an opposing quarterback to 20. 18 passing, two rushing. That two is tops in the league. I'm going to take Brock this week. Brock, you know, only eight teams uh, have a better offensive line, um, according to Football Outsiders, for adjusted sack rate. You know, Brock, he does have four double-digit games. Uh, The three he did not score double digits, Denver, Minnesota, Patriots. I'm on Brock more so for the Detroit game, but that's my official call there uh but i like the names we're mentioning you know streaming you got to do what you got to do and sometimes a floor play is a good play in the streaming world moving over to the tight end because you're going to stream tight ends or at least that's what they say looking back on my tight end picks so far if you were to follow my call on a points per game basis you would be tied for seventh 
streaming my tight ends. So I'm doing pretty well with quarterback and tight ends. Um, I got two, really, I'm one official. I got two jotted down. But uh, what tight ends would you stream this week, Duke and Boy? Well, one guy, uh, you know, he's available in about half leagues. Hunter Henry, um, it, I, he, I know he, it's a tough one. He's playing Denver, but prior to this last week where he wasn't much of a factor, uh, he had scored in three straight games. Um, I, I, I just think that, like I, I mentioned the Chargers uh, offense earlier, I, I think they'll be able to move the ball against Denver just because I, I think Phillip Rivers is a guy that uh, just, you know, he's been around. He knows how to get things done. I think Hunter Henry is a guy that uh, he's kind of touchdown dependent, but uh, I'm willing to, you know, take a, a little bet here that, that he gets in the end zone this week. I'm going to go with a very under-the-radar uh, guy. His name is Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I think he's going to actually score this week. <laughs> uh, he's returning to Buffalo, where he grew up. Uh, How many should... leagues are you available in? 50%? Is he? Is it under fifty percent? Yeah, yeah we're, it, looking for, 50%? we're looking for under fifty. Looking for a streamer, yeah. I, I don't know if he would necessarily count, but okay, you're looking for a streamer. I got you. I got you. If you got some stuff to say about Gronk, the beautiful thing of this is you can transfer it to DFS. So give me your give me your Gronk best. Why you like him? Well, I, uh, he's Gronk. That's the that's the only answer I have. <laughs> Mike Mike drop game set match. Yeah. Uh, how about how about <laughs> Fedorowicz? Yeah, that was my other guy too. We should have. Compared notes before we did this, but yeah, I mean he's only he's only owned in thirteen percent of leagues. Uh, playing Detroit, who's third against the pass uh, with tight ends, I think he's a guy who could score. I hate Brock Osweiler. I think he's a terrible quarterback. I'm sorry, Mo. I know you just picked him, but I think he's awful. Uh, what he can do is he can throw the ball five six yards down the field, uh, and hit something uh, that's a little bit bigger than DeAndre Hopkins, who he can't hit at all. And that's C.J. Fedorowicz. I think Baby Gronk has a chance at a decent game. Did you just Baby Gronk him right there? Baby Gronk him. Okay. I like how you badmouth the passer in the beginning of the sentence, but talk up the pass catcher yeah. at the end. That's a well, that's a delicate eggshell of a walk there, my friend. Brock is awful. He's an awful player. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, against I, – I, I'm not saying he's good. I really am not. However, Detroit, my beloved Lions, are horrific against the quarterback position. He's at home. There's certain boxes I like to check for quarterback streamers, and Brock's checking a lot. And maybe not Brock. I should say Detroit is checking a lot of boxes. And I truly think Brock Osweiler, he could be easily quarterback one. I mean, QB one in a 12-man league. And if you're streaming, I think that's fantastic. And that's what I'm shooting for. Uh, I liked the Fedorowicz call. That's my official. I'm going to toss out Brait just real quick. Bucks home to the Raiders. Nearly 50 points expected in this one. Uh, in these two teams, last six meetings, they've hit the over five times. So lots of points to be had here, I believe. I'm going to say Brait, but that could be some of my leftover love for Winston and Evans. Uh, coming to the surface there. My official call is indeed Fedorowicz. So I like what you're uh, spitting out there, boy. Um, home to visiting Detroit. Again, Detroit. This <laughs> They're just horrific. Detroit has allowed a league high seven touchdowns to the tight end position. Fedorowicz, he's scored in two of his last four. Uh, he's been targeted in at least um, 
He's been targeted seven times in the last three games. According to Pyromaniac's market share numbers, Fedorowicz is getting 25% of the team's target share. Only seven tight ends are involved that heavily. Seven other tight ends are involved that heavily. In raw total numbers against uh, Lions are second in total points given up to the position. You know, however, if you look at Pyro's fantasy points against chart, which we break it down positionally, so, you know, wide receiver one points against, wide receiver two points against. Looking at tight end one points against, Detroit is giving up the most to the tight end one. Fedorowicz definitely counts there. So he's my official go. And uh, let's see here. Duke, I I think I'm going to put a little gentleman's wager, perhaps, on Osweiler. At least like an official tip of the hat tweet, perhaps, uh, Osweiler, top 12 quarterback this week. I'll tell you what, if Brock Osweiler is a top 12 quarterback, and you got you got the odds here because there's eight teams on a bye. So if Brock Osweiler is a top True. quarterback this True. week, I will send you a nude picture of the boy <laughs> sitting here with his headphones on with the microphone, and you can put that up on the website free of charge, no royalties asked, uh, and you can put the Pyro Podcast logo right on one of his uh, pepperoni nipples. <laughs> You know, sometimes before the show, I drink some Gatorade. I uh, crack some raw eggs, you know, Rocky One. I tell you, brothers, that is all the motivation I will ever need <laughs> to go through a show f- from this point forward. So, yes, this bet is on. I'm in- I, I got to tell you guys, I'm a little hot under the collar here. I'm I'm, hey. I'm, I'm a little t- uh, I'm all Twitter. I'm used to it. I can leave, guys, if you want. <laughs> we'll talk later. Okay, uh, moving right along to the defense, which you can, of course, stream. Um, defensively, if you rack it all up so far this season, if you're streaming my defenses, I am seventh, tied for seventh, excuse me, at 40 points, tied for seventh. So doing really well there as well. I got one official call because I personally, I thought defenses were really hard to pick this week. But uh, toss out a defense, gentlemen. Who do you think? Well, the only defense that really stands out to me and again this is really taking a shot here because they've been bad but uh if the jets cannot stop the cleveland browns then they're not stopping anybody so they've like i said they've been underperforming all year but it's cleveland so uh something's got to give here Uh, i'm giving them this one last shot to show me that they could be a good defense who did you just pick, Cleveland? No, I picked the Jets against Cleveland. Oh my God, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, the Jets defense is awful. That's a bad. That's no, that's a bad call. <laughs> that's a bad call. Um, I'm gonna give you a good one right now, and um, let's see here. Let me just get the numbers in front of me. I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys. They're 11 percent owned. They've been sneakily very, very solid this year. No game, uh, really kind of negative points, which is always nice. No zeros. Um, they've sneaky be playing some good defense. Philadelphia has looked bad the last two, three weeks. Carson Wentz has tailed off as teams have gotten more tape on him, which usually happens with the rookies. Mm-hmm. Dallas is coming off the bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for this at home. I think Dallas has a chance to, uh, to kind of route Philadelphia a little bit. Uh, I can see Dallas definitely, uh, picking off Wentz at least once. And, and Sack should be pretty, uh, pretty frequently had because both of their starting tackles are now out. One is suspended for 10 games. One was injured last week. Uh, Philadelphia's in a bad spot offensively, so I, I really like Dallas this week. 
That's not a bad call. Even on uh, ESPN, uh, they are very widely available. Is Dallas? Um, boy, boy, I know you guys often differ. Uh, I'm going. I'm seeming to lean with boy here because I too have the Jets. Um, when I believe it was Duke brought up McCown, I I said I'd have some fodder to throw back at you, I suppose. And the Jets facing Cleveland. Uh, when the lines opened, uh, only one matchup was slated to score fewer points. I will say this for the caveat, you know, you're playing a defense and you look at, hey, they're not going to score a lot of points. Personally, I don't really look at that. Um, we did a study last year, Pyro did, or I should say Stag Party did, where last year, defensive scoring in fantasy, over 50% came from interceptions and sacks. So that's really what you want to look for. Uh, and really what you want to look for is opportunity for error, not necessarily a defense not allowing a team to score points. Yeah, you can get some fantasy points there, but you want opportunity for error. Cleveland, they're running a fairly past, fa- I'm sorry, fast-paced game. Uh, they are 10th fastest, so ideally there's opportunity for error. McCown starting. You could say opportunity for error. He's only played in one game so far this year. Uh, you use the adjective good, which perhaps uh, two touchdowns, two tight, I'm sorry, two interceptions, two and two in his one start this year. One fumble, although it was recovered. Three sacks that game. That might speak more ill of the, the line. QBR rating was 80.4. Completion percentage, barely above 60. His career, 59.5. Their offensive line comes in at 26th for pass blocking, for adjusted sack rate. Cleveland, one of just three teams that have allowed 20 sacks, and here's my favorite one, Cleveland Browns. They lead the league in quarterback hits, 61. The next closest team is 10 less. So I know hits don't necessarily, you don't think it translates, but I'm telling you, if a quarterback is getting hit, Interceptions are more likely. Sacks are more likely. Bad decisions are more likely. I think the Jets are a great call. Uh, not as widely available, but I do like the Dallas call as well. Yeah, I think I, I still think that's a trap. I really do because, I mean, you're looking at a bunch of stats, and McCown played one game, and I think McCown is the best quarterback on that roster, not close. Uh, and you have Cody Kessler and Kevin Hogan playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. They're going to take sacks. They're going to make mistakes. They're not gonna. They're gonna be slow to pick up the reads. It, it's gonna be a mess offensively. So I think you're kind of looking at numbers that are a little skewed based on who's been uh, calling plays uh, behind the line. I think McCannum will can clean some of that up. Uh, I, I think uh, I think it'll be a solid streamer play still. So I, I don't think your stats have swayed me. I still feel pretty good about available mine. in 99.8 percent of leagues. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows of it. Nobody trusts him. <laughs> Well, I, I kind of dig what you're saying there. I talked to Christopher Harris uh, this summer, and he really kind of had me turned around or, or thinking a little differently on yards per carry as to how it is uh, – we apply it to a running back, but there's so much else that's involved. Uh, the offensive line, the, the play call, the position, all those other things involved, and yet we apply it to one position. Same thing with the, the sacks, I suppose you could say, or uh, even hits. The offensive line's involved, but like you say, and I was kind of attributing it to the offensive line. So regardless of quarterback, you know, PFF, or I'm sorry, uh, Football Outsiders ranks them 26th, their offensive line. But if you've got a flustered quarterback, if you've got a guy who's got happy feet or doesn't have good pocket awareness or uh, isn't going through his reads properly, then you are correct. That number is going to be higher for such a quarterback. So I dig what you're saying. However, 
Cleveland. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> Mic drop. All right, let's do the pick and flick, which is essentially the same thing, right? We're talking streaming. When we talk streaming, you say tight ends, quarterbacks, defenses, pick and flick. We're talking about a guy you can pick up off the waiver wire, flick into your lineup. All these boys are still 50% available. I'm still tracking. So this year, now I got to tell you, though, running back to me is much harder to pick and flick as opposed to a quarterback or a running back or, I'm sorry, a quarterback or a, a tight end or a defense. So not as good on the running back side, although I'm in running back too. I'm, uh, if you were to follow my lead, my suggestions, You'd be RB21 as of right now. Boy, I got you're a little carried away. I got three guys I'm going to talk about, but uh, I'll kick it to the guests first. Boy and Duke, Duke and Boy. What running backs do you like? Well, first of all, uh, it, no surprise here that Devontae Booker has, I believe, the own percentage has gone up nearly 40% this week. Uh, he was a guy who was under 50, so if he didn't get in on that, uh, still available in... It looks to be like close to 35% of leagues on ESPN, which is, uh, excuse me, on NFL.com, which is crazy. It's 36.3 on ESPN. Yes. Yeah, insane. That's, that's uh, I mean, that's a legitimate, in my eyes, RB1 for the rest of the year, but I'll talk about him a little <laughs> later on. But um, I, here's the thing with running back. And now I'm talking as a guy who uh, has CJ Anderson, uh, who went down. And as anybody who's in, uh, you know, any deep leagues knows running back is so tough, especially with all these injuries. If you, if there's a guy who you know is going to get a handful of carries a game, somebody's got him. So it <laughs> looking through the, you know, this list of people, uh, under 50%, it's, it's tough. But, uh, I guess the best of the bunch to me, uh, would probably be James White. Uh, the Patriots uh, going against Buffalo. Just look okay, a, a guy who I think will be utilized out of the backfield like he's been. Uh, Duke, maybe you have more to say about James White because uh, you know him a little better than me, obviously. But uh, he's available and uh, looks to be over 60% of league. So that's the one guy standing out uh, to me. Yeah, I don't, I've never been a big fan of James White. Um, I think he's kind of just a placeholder until uh, Deion Lewis comes back. But uh, it's not bad. I, I think it's a one. This is for a one week. Yeah, thing, it's though. a one week fix. It's a one week play. So in a PPR league, I think James White is a is a definite solid RB two. There's another guy I really like this week uh, as an RB two, and a million being a, a one week fix as well. Uh, I'm gonna go Robert Kelly in Washington. Matt Jones not playing this week. For the most part, games in London tend to be more, more run oriented. Uh, I think it's easier for teams to be able to do that. Uh, the field conditions kind of. Uh, like uh, they kind of foresee that, I guess, um, with a lot of windy and wet conditions. Uh, I think Robert Kelly has a chance to take this starting job. If he's good, he's a guy that you can get probably right now. Um, in most leagues, he's probably still available because uh, Matt Jones is still questionable. Uh, I think he's more doubtful than questionable. Um, but uh, I would say Robert Kelly definitely this week uh, and perhaps beyond as well. I like it. I am uh, talking Robert Kelly a bit later. Um, officially, Matt Jones has indeed been ruled out as a few hours ago. So certainly a great call. Um, Dixon, I'm going to say, is my sort of uh, – I used to do a little segment. Uh, I believe it was what I used to call the uh, two-cubed, two weeks too early to pick up. Uh, Dixon, he, he's 
chances are he's available, 91% available on uh, NFL Fantasy, ESPN roughly 75%. They're on buy right now, so you just hold your horses. I'm talking about a couple weeks down the road. Harbaugh said he's going to increase the workload um, again when they were last week against a tough Jets D. West only gained 10 yards on eight carries. I've been waiting for Dixon. However, West has really shined and not given Dixon the opportunity. West, uh, the polish came off the apple a bit last week. Uh, upon return from by, they face Pitt, Cleveland, Dallas, Cincy. Three of the four are top ten for most raw points given up to running backs. Fantasy playoffs, New England, but then they got Philly, they got Pitt. So nice schedule going forward for Dixon. Again, bye this week, so don't uh, rush to grab him, but he's a nice stash. Also, you know, I'm going to talk Gillisley. NFL showed around 10% ownership as of Wednesday. ESPN showed 8% as of Wednesday when I looked. Uh, they've got a great fantasy playoffs, by the way. Pittsburgh and Cleveland um, are mixed in there. They have Miami, which is a bit tougher, but still. He's got a tough week this week, though, against the Pats. Game script doesn't favor him. Um, however, I, I still think, you know, in a league, when M McCoy's going to be out, how many bell cowbacks are you going to get? And let me add this. How many bell cowbacks are you going to get on a team that runs the ball more than 50% of the time? The Bills are one of only four teams to do that. So although it's a, it's a tough road to hoe this week, I like Gillisley. My official pick this week, though, is indeed Booker. Can't believe he's so readily available still. Uh, he, he was already increasing his workload. Last week, C.J. Anderson, 45% of snaps. Booker, 55% of snaps. Now the injury bug has struck. Uh, fantasy playoffs, they're a bit tougher, so I like Booker in the short term. Only seven teams are running the ball as a, with a higher percentage uh, than the Broncos are, 44, almost 45%. This is going to be a chalk play. I think a lot of folks are going to have them. Denver's home to San Diego. We talked about this one earlier. Now, they just squared off two weeks ago. Booker got 53 yards and just seven touches. Last week, the Chargers' secondary were really banged up. Three out of four uh, were out this week. They're going to be without Verrett. Uh, Flowers in a day are both questionable. They get two linebackers on IR, two linebackers questionable, three down linemen on IR. So San Diego banged up. As per usual, San Diego's given up the most raw fantasy points to opposing backs, given up 10 total touchdowns to the position, and here's the kicker. <laughs> with, with just seven games played, let's talk about some of the guys that they've allowed to score. As I said, given up 10 total touchdowns to the position in seven games. Who scored? Well, you got the big bad body of Robert Turbin. The one, the only, the boom of doom. Corey Grant, you got the King of Sting, the badass assassin for ass, dare I say, Jamiz Olawale, hope I got that right, my favorite though is from week four, the former Packer blocking back, John Kuhn, uh, five touches, three touchdowns against San Diego, the very same D that Booker is going to face, uh, I like Booker here, I like him in DFS, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, can't can't argue that. Let me let me just sneak by a deep, 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 deep sleeper. Okay. I like it. All right. Let's say this. Let's say what what we're talking about with the game we we'd spoken about before actually comes to fruition. Let's say Drew Brees has an amazing game at home, like usual. Four hundred something yards. We could be looking at a blowout in that game, correctly? Correct? Not correctly. Sure. Correct. 
CJ Procise just came back last week, 25% of the snaps last week. He's the the passing downs back. They uh, cut CJ Spiller two, three weeks ago. This or is a, this past week. Was it this past week? Yeah. But uh, I, I really see CJ Procise having a role on offense. He is probably right now the the third down back. He may be the number two back in this offense. I think if they get down and get down big, I think he's going to be on the field a lot. You could be looking at garbage time city with CJ Procise. I don't want to pick him up. I don't want to start him. But a guy to keep on your back radar maybe could be interesting. I don't know. We'll see. That's all I'm going to say. That's the thing. You know, we're talking to the masses out there. You don't know who's available. So I like it when we throw out as many options as possible for me personally having seen uh, a lot of Notre Dame games Notre Dame fan I've, I've been to a game almost every year of my life he was phenomenal to see in person both catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball for a guy who was not drafted or not uh, brought into Notre Dame as a running back he doesn't have the mileage that a lot of these backs coming out of the back or coming out of college have since he really only played, I believe it was about a year of running back officially. They suffered injuries uh, quite a bit last year. I like the Procise call. He was all the rage this summer. Of course, the injury bug. Uh, I, I like that call in a game where he could be used um, and it could be a nice stash play down the line. So I do not disagree there. Let's move to the wide receiver. Uh, before we do, got two things here. One, if you were following my picks, you would have the 16th best wide receiver. Again, I take all of my calls this week. I actually have a few official uh, to review thus far. Booker was my official running back. I had the Jets defense. I had Fedorowicz tight end. Brock Osweiler was my quarterback indeed, which might give me uh, a wonderful photo I'm hoping to enlarge and put right above my bed. Fingers crossed for that one. Now, wide receiver. Uh, before I kick it over to you guys, I got to give a shout out, a bit of an apology. Forgot to sneak this one in last week. One week after I recommended Cole Beasley, this was uh, in week five, he had 15.3, scored a touchdown. The next week, I suggested Terrence Williams over Beasley simply because of the matchup. They were going against Green Bay. Green Bay gave it up to, at the time, wide receiver ones. Uh, my man at Adonis Nixon asked me straight up. I liked Beasley the week before. Do I indeed, um, like Williams over him? I said, yes. And I, sorry, I blew that one, Mr. Adonis Nixon. And, uh, I owe it to you. Keep the faith, brother. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it going. But wide receiver guys, who do you like? I, I got a lot of picks here. Who do you like this week? There's one that is just very simple for me. Michael Thomas is available yeah. in over 50% of leagues. I don't I don't know why. Uh you're talking about I I probably the most productive rookie receiver this year. Uh he is a legit wide receiver too right now. I mean, this is a guy last four games he scored three touchdowns. The one game he didn't score was last week where he put up 10 for 130. Uh we've already talked about Drew Brees at home. Uh I know Duke mentioned Seattle's defense, but I don't think that I don't think it matters. Brees is He's Drew Brees, and uh, he's going to be airing it out. You know, there's no reason to think that Michael Thomas doesn't, you know, continue putting up numbers for the rest of the year. Uh, this is another tough one. Uh, I'm going to go a guy that I, I normally wouldn't pick. I'm not excited to pick up. I'm not excited to start. How about Adam Thielen? 
Dota. Hmm. Not not loving it, but uh I think it could be a sneaky, sneaky play. Uh he's been somewhat productive, I think, as a wide receiver three. Uh guy you could throw in there on your flex. I think he may have a chance to get in the end zone, maybe maybe fifty, sixty yards. I like Thielen. I certainly liked him more when you know Diggs was struggling with health. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do I do like him. Michael Thomas. I certainly he was he is one of my official calls. He's guys. He's seventeenth best PPR wide receiver as of right now. Right. He's got that's it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's over fifty percent available. Now I don't know if it's because he's a rookie or you know because of Cooks and Snead are there, but you know at some point. Yeah. Yeah, and this happens every year. At some point during the season, you got to say, well, this looks to be legit. And I think Michael Thomas is legit right now. I, I think he not only should be you know, picked up in every league, I, I think he should be starting in the majority of leagues. I picked him up in my league of record, my high school league. I'm debating whether to slide him in. I got some uh, some soul searching to do, but I absolutely picked him up, you know, I remember the draft talk about this kid having such a rapport with quarterbacks. And indeed, as soon as he got drafted by New Orleans, they talked about that rapport with Breeze. We've seen that grow and grow. He's crossed the paint in 50% of his games. He's kind of, I'm not kidding you, he's got that 5 for 50 floor that Antonio Brown had going for a long time. Of course, the sample size is much smaller, but the man has been targeted at least Five times in every single game he's played this year, uh, he has a nearly double-digit floor. His lowest scoring PPR game, 9.6. So I really like him, even in that tough matchup. The other, well, I got one real quick. Everybody knows I've got Moncrief belief. Uh, last year, 33% of Lux TDs went to Moncrief, tallest wide receiver that they've got. He is back this week. One reason I'm going to talk about Faden Doyle a bit later. But, gentlemen, I got Michael Thomas as one of my official guys. I think I'm going to go ahead because I can't make the decision. Maybe you can help me. So I'm going to hold off on the call. Michael Thomas is one. Maybe I go with two more or just one more. Devontae Adams, Montgomery. Both are available in over 50% of NFL leagues. If you had to choose, would you take both? Do you like one over the other? What do you guys think about the Devontae Adams, Montgomery? I got some stats to back up each. Curious as to your thoughts. I am curious to hear the stats. Uh, I'm leaning. Devonte Adams, uh, he just looked—he looked good last last time I saw him. I mean, two touchdowns. Uh, Montgomery is more of that question mark because obviously, you know, he's been moved to running back. You don't know uh, how often they're going to split him out wide, how many opportunities he's going to get out of the backfield. Uh, I like Devonte Adams, Duke. I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, I'm kind of the exact opposite. Yeah. Uh, obviously, of course. Uh, Devonte Adams had his best game as a pro last week. I think it's a little sketchy to just all, all of a sudden insert him into a starting lineup of any, any fantasy team. Ty Montgomery is going to play running back. Like I said before, I don't think he's particularly good running back, but I think he's going to be involved uh, in the backfield. He's going to be involved out wide. I think he's definitely going to catch probably, uh, I don't know, what are we thinking? Maybe between six and ten balls, I would say. Safe estimate. Probably get at least five or six carries. If you're telling me that your wide receiver three or your flex is going to touch the ball upwards of 15 times in a game, I'm all about that. So I'll take Ty Montgomery every day of the week. You know what? Let me let me say this, Mo. I, I never do this. Duke, that's an excellent point. Wow. 
It is. I, I've, it, I've never heard that from you. Well, you know, and it's funny because anybody who, who listens to me at any length over the past couple of years, I am a big proponent of opportunity. And uh, you're absolutely right, man. Ty Montgomery is going to have opportunity. You know, he's going to have it uh, catching the ball, but he's also going to get it running the ball. So, Mo, you're, you're recording this, right? <laughs> yeah. Indeed I am. And there, gentlemen, there's no better way to celebrate the 50th episode than this historic moment we have right here. This is, I think we were saving it for this show, but uh, no, it's a great point Duke makes. Now, just to, you know, keep in mind that uh, I do think this week with Atlanta is going to be a shootout, so I think both players have value. Uh, but um, yeah, that Montgomery point, it's, it's a good point. I mean, one of the highest over-unders of the week, they got a 25-team uh, implied total. Um, uh, as I said, both are over 60% available in NFL fantasy. So here's the breakdown. Devontae Adams, if you're just looking last week, of course, led all wide receivers with 16 targets. The man has seven or more in four of six games. PPR, he's put up double-digit points four of six games. The only thing that scares me here, touchdown regression, kind of like a James Jones from last year. He has scored, Devontae Adams, has scored in four of six. I don't think he can sustain it. However, flip that, Montgomery. Now, I, I will say this little caveat. I like Montgomery as a wide receiver. Not sure where you're playing. This has been in question, and it, it changes depending on where you play. I like him as a wide receiver play. From what uh, I've seen, it's, it's only ESPN so far. Uh, I'm with you, though. I, I think his, his value lies at wide receiver. I don't think... He's anybody you want to you want near in your running your running back spot. You want a running back that's actually playing running back. You don't want a gadget player there. You know, especially if you got if you're starting three wide receivers, a lot of times you're, you're starting two running backs. You, you're absolutely right. You don't want somebody like this. Um, however, wide receiver, we're talking two weeks straight over triple digit all purpose yards. Two weeks now, double digit looks. Guys in the red zone. This man has 12 looks thus far. Eight targets, four attempts. If you are talking just wide receivers, the most targeted wide receiver has 12. 12! And he's got 12 looks thus far, combining his targets and his attempts. The opportunity for him to score is amazing. He has zero. He's the opposite. So Devontae Adams could certainly experience regression, and Montgomery could experience that positive uh, touchdown regression. I got to say, though, in this week, I think I'm kind of feeling comfortable playing both, honestly. Yeah. Well, I, I know we're going to talk about a, a little later on for uh, a DFS stack, but uh, I, I think you know where I'm going with uh, with that uh, Green Bay's offense is uh, looking nice to me. Absolutely. And with that, let's just uh, keep this party rolling right over into the DFS. Now, before we get there, we got to settle up on uh, trivia question number three. You guys are kind of in a neck and neck heat right now. Uh, here we go. On the season, we have two running backs that have over 300 receiving yards. Two running backs that have over 300 receiving yards. I want you to think about that. See if you can name at least one of the two that have over 300 receiving yards. While you listen to this, think about my question. We will be right back. Welcome back 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting into the DFS segment, so as you know, fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick your sport and draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play. So you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion is going to be awarded this year at DraftKings.com. And you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO. That is P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings will receive a deposit matching bonus for up to 600 big ones. And you get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com promo code PYRO. All right. We had the trivia question. There are two running backs that have over 300 receiving yards. So coming out of the backfield, catching passes. Can you name one of the two that's over 300 receiving yards? Duke, I'll let you go first here. Uh, is it like uh is it kind of like a weird one? One, I I think is. One, I think you should probably get. One, one is you would associate with a pass catcher heavily. Now, one is certainly trickier. I'm actually giving this. I'm giving Duke the first shot here to to get one because I I do know both of them. So that's why I'm giving you an opportunity. That, you know, that is very generous of you, sir. Are you looking it up? Is that why? No, I just I know because I've. It's one of the stats that I was looking at for our see, show. Mo, as we're sitting here right now, <laughs> the boy's staring at a computer. I can't see what's on it. So he probably Google. Go ahead. Dude, you you can the... look around. You can take a no, look. No, it's all right. You probably deleted it. <laughs> You probably deleted it like other people we know, but I I thought I heard some quick clicks over there. <laughs> um how about two right now? And they're probably gonna both be wrong, but I'm gonna say Spencer Ware and Jaquiz Rogers. <laughs> That's not even Jaquiz no? Rogers. Ugh. No? No way. Uh, what do you want to do? I'm, no way. I'm, I'm it... shooting in the dark here, Mo. I don't know what I'm doing. All right, Mo, let me let me give you the correct answer to this one. Uh one of them should not really be that tough. Uh, because it's David Johnson, probably the number one running back in fantasy. Ugh. Okay, you ever heard of him, Duke? No. And uh, the other one... I thought we were looking for uh, under-the-radar guys. This is. I said one was for sure you would associate with a pass catcher, and one is somebody you wouldn't probably expect. Well, and this is... I only know this one because two weeks ago we actually talked about it on the Duke and Boys show. Uh, Tevin Coleman. Goodness gracious, man. Because, yes. Because about two weeks ago on Duke and Boy Show, we had a good conversation about uh, the evolution of the running back. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago when Tevin Coleman, uh, they kept splitting him out wide and he was just mm-hmm. uh, un- basically unstoppable. And uh, The Denver game was crazy. Yeah, we, we talked about how, uh, you know, that could be the new look. You get two running backs, one in the backfield, one split out wide and uh, obviously tough to stop. But uh, yeah, Tevin Coleman, uh, I know at some... Really big receiving days. Well, that's great, man. I'm I'm glad you're able to get that really fast off the internet. Yeah, that's the internet fantastic. is great. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, that was really really well done. Uh, yes, Tevin Coleman one, David Johnson two. Tevin Coleman has 300. Here's the kicker though, 330 yards to David Johnson's 323. But get this, David Johnson targeted 46 times, wow. nearly double Tevin Coleman's 24. Wow, so, so Coleman actually has more than Johnson. Uh, let me see. Coleman has 24 targets and has more yards, wow. 330. David Johnson has 46 targets 
and yet has 323. Uh, Coleman has 19 receptions. David Johnson has 28. And again, Coleman's getting it done unless Coleman even has a receiving touchdown. And uh, David Johnson doesn't, although David Johnson, you know, is David Johnson. You know, Mo, I got David Johnson at 11th overall in one of my drafts, which is ridiculous. I just wanted to point that out. Really? We still talking about that? Yeah, it's I don't get I don't get it. <laughs> no, that's the thing to talk about, and I believe in the Scott Fishbowl we got a, a David Johnson roughly about there. I was flying high when we had David Johnson and Adrian Peterson. Of course, yeah, you know, yeah, stuff yeah, I, happens. The Scott Fishbowl, I got uh, I got David Johnson. I think it was ninth overall. So I was feeling pretty good about it. The boy's not in the Scott Fishbowl. He didn't apply. No, I didn't. Uh, so he didn't make it. So he's out of all the fun. But <laughs> how are you doing, Scott Fishbowl, by the way, Mo? Are you doing any good or what? Uh, boy, I haven't checked the Scott Fishbowl in a while. We're hanging in there. Uh, we got the Pyro team. Uh, we all were all kind of in on the drafting, and mainly it's a stag party thing. Uh, we had some pretty heated talk. Uh, I don't know. I know you guys get some some heated talk, but uh, boy. When it came down to tight end, I'm, I'm telling you, um, Austin Severian Jenkins <laughs> was uh, almost a deal breaker for us. So we had such someone had such love for Austin Severian Jenkins. Uh, but we're hanging in there. We're doing all right. Um, middle of the road, I want to say, although I haven't checked lately. How are you doing? Uh, uh, not not good. Not good. Um, no. Actually, I think I'm, I'm either three and four or, uh, or two and five. Uh, we were talking to Dave Richard last week, who's awful. All, all, he's awful in this league, but he's also doing really poorly. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you with the tight end. I I went Jordan Reed, which I guess kind of sucks this year. Uh, and then my second tight end, and, and you know, tight end in Scott Fishbowl is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, was Ben Watson, which uh, of course two weeks later his foot blew up, and then uh, I didn't have Ben Watson. So it's it's been a it's been a rough year. Uh, thank God I have David Johnson. I know you have David Johnson, but that's about yeah. the only thing I got going. Yeah, we got a couple of nice ones there. We're hanging in. We we could get there. We could. We're still alive. Keep hope alive, as they say. Keep hope alive. No, it's all right. It died. It died for me weeks ago, Mo. <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, man. It's never too late. Fantasy football. Things can turn around quick. That's why I love this game. Uh, that's why I also rue it. As in the last couple of weeks, I man. Two times in the last three weeks, I have been in, I think, the top four for scoring, and yet I've lost both weeks. One time I was number two in scoring and lost to the number one, and then one time I was number four and lost to the number two. So, not that I'm bitter, just trying to work out some stuff here, trying to keep it healthy. Hey, Mo, do me a favor. When you get a chance, look at the people that drafted Josh Gordon in the Scott Fishbowl. (laughs) There's a list of the people that drafted Josh Gordon. Um from the highest to the lowest and i'll let you guess where <laughs> i drafted him the earliest pick was in the ninth round and the latest pick was in like the 20 something round 20th round so i'll just let you decide where exactly <laughs> i took josh gordon you didn't go nine did you I, I took him at nine actually i was the first one to take him oh really out of 480 Ooh. people uh and i got butt hurt pretty quick right after week five he killed me in almost every single dynasty league i'm in and most of the redrafts I'm in. So it's, yeah. it's been a fun year. It's been a fun year, Mo. I like that forgiving heart of yours. Uh, this man has had some wrongs in his past. The tabula rasa uh, wiped that slate clean, although it got pretty mucked up uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, no good. The Duke has a love-hate relationship with Josh Gordon like no other. Don't blame I'm sure. I'm sure you're not the only one. Sure you're not the only one. Guys, let's talk some DFS. 
Um, quarterback, we're talking, if you look back on my QB picks. Now, with DFS, guys, I'm doing this a little bit different because it's not exactly the same. You can't rank them necessarily. You can get whoever. So I predominantly play on DraftKings. Uh, I'll dabble in FanDuel, but in DraftKings, essentially, you're shooting for 3x value. That means for every $1,000 spent, you want to score three times that. So if you spend $3,000 on a player, you hope for nine fantasy points. If you score 4x, you're in the money. I got to say, I did my best ever last week. I was in a, I think I scored 424 points or 400, I'm sorry, 224 points, 225, something like that. I took down a tournament. I was first out of, I think it was 2,700 or something. Very nice. It was very nice. I had a, a very nice week last week. Uh, racked up quite a few. And even in the Millionaire Maker, I scored 190 points. If I would have transferred that lineup, my 224, to the Millionaire Maker, I would have won 1,500. Would have been happier with that, but I still did very well. Now, Charting my picks thus far, again, shooting for 3x value. Now, if you're grabbing the bigger guys, 3x value is about what you're going to get. If you're grabbing the smaller guys, the, the cheaper guys, you're shooting for 4x. That'll put you in the money. Again, you get $50,000 for DraftKings. And if you can come up with 150 points, you're, you're probably in there. Certainly, if you come up with 4x, you're winning for sure. But 150, that's 3x value. That's what you're shooting for. Uh, thus far on quarterbacks... Uh, I'm doing 2.79, so not bad, just a little under 3x value, 2.79, uh, and this week, I got a couple, and if you looked at the image, I've talked about it, I think you know who I'm going with for my number one there, my official pick, but uh, what do you guys like for DFS QB? Well, I, I tell you what, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I mentioned before, Alex Smith in FanDuel is at 6,800, he's at 5,800 in DraftKings, but the real value here, and I... We'll have him in every DraftKings lineup at 5,700. Jameis Winston is, I I know we talked about it before, but uh, he very well could be the number one QB this week. Uh, he's at 7,400 in FanDuel, which is still a pretty good price for him. So uh, Jameis Winston is the guy who uh, I'm really focused on at QB this week. Yeah, I have to agree with you with Jameis. He was going to be my guy. Uh, yeah. We talked about it before. I think Jameis is just going to have a massive week. Uh, you can't beat that price either. I'm with you completely. Jameis Winston is my one and only uh, official pick. You know, open at 49 points. Uh, the spread uh, is a point as of right now, so it's probably going to be a, a bit of a shootout. Oakland, by far defensively, most vulnerable against the wide receivers. Uh, 27th in schedule adjusted. Four quarterbacks have put up over 20 fantasy points against this D. Oakland is uh, giving up an average of 300 passing yards per game 300 passing yards per game i believe that is the only team giving up so many so i i really love winston stacking him with evans especially um yeah stacking him with evans and then i got two other real quick one certainly rogers i like him on DraftKings a bit more 7500 there 8,800 on FanDuel, uh, expected to be the highest scoring game of the week. I also like the angry Brady. I like him. He's more of a FanDuel play, though. 8,700 there. I think it's a better value. 7,600 on DraftKings, second highest implied team total. You know, I talked about this game script in Vegas Vibes, uh, how well he does against Buffalo. Uh, normally, you might fear a team like the Patriots uh, that's so dominate an opponent traditionally. You know, they might start running the ball, but 
with an angry Brady and a Belichick versus Rex, I don't think anybody's taking their foot off the pedal in this one. So a couple high-end guys there with Brady and Rodgers, but Winston is indeed my man. Moving over to running back. If you were to chart my running back plays thus far, again, you're shooting for 3x value. Uh, total right now, I would be at 3.62 value. So doing well on my running back picks. Man, I love a lot of running backs this week, but I got two officials. Uh, I got a bunch of stats jotted down, a bunch of guys' names. Who do you guys like at the running back spot? I Actually, I got, I got four guys listed here that just uh, really stand out. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. Uh, Devontae Booker, uh, I know we, we mentioned, he's 5,600 in FanDuel, 5,800 in uh, DraftKings. It's just, I mean, I expect a lot from him. Uh, I, you know, he's going to be the workhorse here. Uh, I expect his prices are going to be going up in a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, why you could get him now at a pretty good price, uh, I would take it. Uh, and here's a guy who, my my other pick here is a guy who, obviously a little more expensive, but um, Kristen Michael, uh, the reason I'm big on him this week, he's 7,800 in FanDuel, which is pricey, and uh, 7,300 in DraftKings. It's basically, if I'm looking at the Saints-Seahawks game, uh, we know what Drew Brees does, especially at home. If the Seahawks are going to, you know, contend in this game or, you know, pull out a win in this game, uh, their game plan has to be to keep the ball away from Drew Brees. And if they're going to do that, it's going to be running the ball. Uh, we know Russell Wilson, you know, with that bad ankle, has not been running the ball too great. So uh, they're going to need Kristen Michael to have a big game. Uh, I'm rolling the dice to say that uh, he gets a, a lot of production this week. Yeah, I'm going to go one. I'm going to go Jaquiz Rogers. He's been on fire lately. I think we're still a couple weeks away from seeing Doug Martin. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers, 6,600 uh, and 3,700 respectively in DraftKings and FanDuel. So I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, he's going to be the guy, like we said before, that should be a shootout. That should be a big-time scoring game. So I think Quiz uh, has another very, very solid game. Yeah, I mean, 3,700 on DraftKings, that's that's a, a great value. Yeah. I, 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 that's a, a tough one to pass up, especially in a a game that we know is going to probably be a high-scoring game. I like those calls. Uh, one, Booker, I've officially got him. We, we've we talked uh, quite a bit about him, um, but only offense uh, has a higher overall rushing percentage. Uh, so when they call a play, nearly 45% of the time they are running the ball. So only eight I believe, def, uh, offenses, excuse me, have a higher rushing percentage. Now, I talked to Dave T. Thomas. Um, he's one of the scouts that we talked to here at Pyro. Uh, he's a great interview. He's always got a great one-liner. He talks a lot about Dixon as being a great pass catcher. He said Booker. Booker was right below a Dixon. And I think this is a great matchup for him. We've talked a lot about this. Uh, looking at fantasy points adjusted for the schedule, San Diego 31st against PPR backs. So Booker's one of my official guys. Got two other official ones, just to toss out a few, though. High-end price, Dave Johnson. How can you not like him? 8,700 FanDuel, 77 draft Kings. He's got second in red zone rushing attempts, 29. Got 34 red zone attempts. And, man, that's what you're looking for, for the running back spot. You want opportunity, and he's giving, getting the opportunities. If you look at uh, Pyro's TPW, the top positional weeks, the man leads the league. He scores in the top 12 86% of the time. You just can't go wrong with, with DJ. Uh, elsewhere, we've talked about Spencer Ware. 
7,000 FanDuel, 6,800 on DraftKings. Uh, you know, two of six games, he's failed to get 100 all-purpose yards, 50% of his games. He's a top six PPR back. Uh, so I like him quite a bit. FanDuel, the man scored 23.3 last week, and his price didn't change at all from last week to this week. So I like me some Spencer Ware. I also like C-Mike. I had him written down as well. Uh, one, two other guys, Zeke. How can you go wrong with him? I love him in FanDuel particularly. He's not catching a lot of passes. FanDuel uh, doesn't give the full PPR. I like Gillisley. 5,900 FanDuel. Gillisley's 3,800 on DraftKings. We talked about this. A team that runs the ball, one of only four, over 50% of the time, who's going to be the bell cow, who's available for 3,800 on DraftKings. Um, before last week, in 70 career attempts, the man has 5.79 yards per carry. Before last week, the man has played 14 games and scored 11 TDs. I'm going to have some ownership there for sure. Now, like like I I just, Go ahead. No, I just want to throw out one more guy. Yeah. Um, kind of under the radar because he's missed a couple of weeks, but Theo Riddick coming back this week, uh, 5,900 in FanDuel, 5,000 in DraftKings. Uh, not not great value there, but uh, certainly a guy who uh, may not be as widely owned due to the fact that he's been out a couple of weeks, but uh, you know, obviously a big part of that offense when healthy. Now, did you have another, or did I already eat him up? Let me see. Kristen Michael, Devontae Booker, Duke said you quiz, and Theo Riddick. We're good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, my official, Booker, and then I'm going to roll out Freeman. Uh, 6,900 FanDuel, 6,500 DraftKings. In FanDuel, his price is the lowest it's been all season. Now, home to the Packers. Uh, highest over under the week. We've talked a lot about this. Highest implied team total. And the big deal here is Coleman is out. Um, Atlanta signed Ridley. Uh, they moved up Teron Ward. But I don't think anything is making me scared for playing Freeman. I think that behavior really suggests it's going to be a Freeman. And they're just, you know, insurance policies, if you will. Freeman is 28 red zone looks. When they get in close, Matt Ryan has the second most red zone attempts. You know Freeman is involved in the pass catching game there. Green, very, uh, Green Bay, very susceptible to pass catching backs. In raw points given, fantasy points given, Green Bay is giving up, I know, the least points per game. But we're talking Ezekiel Elliott and then TJ Yeldon, Theoretic Bobby Rainey, those four backs. So although Green Bay, and you talked about them earlier, they haven't really played anybody, right? And so they stand out as a really good D. You've got Ezekiel Elliott, uh, TJ Eldon, Theo Riddick, Bobby Rainey. All of those backs saw at least four targets against him, and they all did fairly well in PPR. And I think Freeman can certainly get it done there. Plus, he's going to get all the running. Uh, we talked about this at the top. Atlanta ranks first in points scored per drive. A lot of points to be had here, and I like Freeman. Just sheer opportunity alone. Absolutely. I like Freeman. Move over to wide receiver. If you were adding up all my wide receiver points, again, you're shooting for 3x value roughly. I'm at 2.8x value. Uh, boy, got a lot of, got a lot, got a lot of guys jotted down here. So, uh, who do you guys have for wide receiver spot? Well, me and Duke are on the same page with Mike Evans this week. Uh, 7,900 yeah. in FanDuel, 8,100 in DraftKings. Uh, I, I mean, I have him as wide receiver one this week. Um, 
overall wide receiver one. I, I think he has a big week this this week against Oakland in a high scoring game. Uh, he's a guy who uh, will be, uh, you know, I'm pretty much stacking him everywhere with with Jameis this week. So Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, big weeks. I think. Yeah, I I I agree with you. Like you said, we 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 agree on this. I think Mike Evans is probably the wide receiver one this week, or at least should be. Uh, I could see Amari Cooper being the wide receiver too. I know it's Crabtree's been the guy in the red zone, but I think Amari Cooper can have a very big game. And like we keep saying, this should be a very, very big shootout. Uh, so I like both those guys in that game. And let me just throw out, uh, I just mentioned him in the last segment, but Michael Thomas, 5,700 in FanDuel, 5,000 in DraftKings. Uh, I, I think that's good value. This this is a guy who, like I said, he scored three of the four last weeks and uh, put up 130 in the game he didn't score. So, uh, Michael Thomas, a big part of the Saints offense in a, another game we expect to see a lot of scoring. I like that, too. And, you know, a lot of these are interchangeable, I think, guys. I'm, I might be talking about in uh, DFS. You, you could maybe even stream or waiver wire. So a lot of that's interchangeable. We I, we talked about Thomas earlier. I do like him in DFS. Uh, of course, Julio, I think, is going to have a huge week. you got to spend up to get him. 9,200 FanDuel, 9,600 DraftKings. 49 expected points here. He's got a great matchup. I said it before, that Packers uh, funnel D, they're really banged up, really banged up. Uh, as I said, Green Bay, according to Pro Football Focus, they have two cornerbacks that are rated in the triple digits. They only rank 115 guys. Green Bay has two starters <laughs> ranked in their secondary in the 100 and up. So that's pretty rough. Even Julio is going to see a guy that's ranked 61st uh, against Gunter. So I think that's going to be pretty good for him. Uh, another name to toss out. I, you know, I wrestled with this. I asked Stag Party. I do like that Oakland. I get, I'm going to go with Cooper, but it's just such a boom-bust play. Uh, the Raiders, they hit the over a lot. 11 out of 14 times they were coming off a victory. They hit the over. Of course, they did it last week, Jacksonville, uh, which was the over again. Um Tampa's very susceptible. Uh, you know, they seem decent on the surface to wide receivers, but according to football uh, outsiders, they rank 25th against wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes. And I think, not sure, but I think that has to do with the matchup. Uh, Vernon Hardgraves, according to PFF, he grades out at 75th best. Brent Grimes, he is 5th best. However, Brent Grimes plays 99% of the time on the defensive left. Cooper plays the majority on the opposite side. So Cooper is the guy that I'm going to bet on there. As I said, uh, Evans is for sure my lock of the week, my guy I'm going with. I think I'm going to take Montgomery at the wide receiver spot. Just too many opportunities there for him to score. Positive regression coming this way. You don't have that many red zone looks. 12 thus far in zero touchdowns that's going to write itself it's going to balance out two other quick ones brandon marshall 7400 on fanduel 7800 DraftKings facing that terrible cleveland d brandon marshall he leads all wide receivers with red zone targets he's got 12 27 percent uh team market share for targets you know after decker has gone out joe hayden is questionable uh he's only been able to play in three out of five even if he goes i like marshall but i'm gonna have a higher ownership if hayden is out for sure and then i'm gonna go with hopkins man so my three official wide receivers montgomery four official excuse me montgomery evans hopkins marshall 
Hopkins, 27 targets in the last two games, as we know. I'm on Brock this week. Uh, eighth most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings. But this is the cheapest he's ever been. Darius Slay is out. DeAndre Levy is out. Uh, Nada Lawson, as I said, are questionable. They're banged up. Oakland on the defensive side, uh, they're very susceptible. Oh, I'm mixing my games up here, aren't I? I didn't notice. <laughs> Hopkins, Houston. Hopkins is playing Detroit. You got Yeah, that. okay. All right. Uh, I had Oakland um, tapped in there for a second. But, yeah, okay. Excuse me. Um, as I said, 27 targets, and then they're all banged up. Primarily Darius Slay out. So I really like uh, Hopkins as one of my four official guys. Tight end. Well, let, Tight end. Let me, Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I just want to just point out with Brandon Marshall, who uh, I also like this week. Just keep in mind that him and Fitzpatrick had such a rapport last year, and Fitzpatrick's coming out saying that you know he should be the starting quarterback, and you know he should have been yeah. the whole time. He should be starting. This is his chance to prove it. We talked about it earlier how they play in Cleveland. Uh, if Fitzpatrick has a good game, you know Brandon Marshall has a good game. So uh, I do like Brandon Marshall this week. I just wanted to to kind of give you a you know say I agree with you with Brandon Marshall this week. He's a scary one, right? Just because the quarterback situation. But to me, <laughs> we're chasing opportunity, and the best thing you can chase is touchdowns. Right. And Red zone opportunities. He's getting the targets, obviously. And, uh, you know, I'll take my chances any day with somebody that is getting looks as opposed to a guy who's standing on the other side of the field, you know, waiting to have the quarterback look his way. It's kind of like playing blackjack, right? If the dealer's showing face card, if he's showing 10, odds say that you should hit. To me, odds say a guy that's getting over 25% team market share of targets, 27 in this case, and who's leading all wide receivers in red zone targets, he's going to have a turnaround. He's going to have more touchdowns. They are a common, especially against a Cleveland D, who's pretty banged up, and uh, you know, football outsiders... Uh, they rank Cleveland 30th against wide receiver ones. So, again, to recap, Marshall, Hopkins, Mike Evans, and Montgomery. Moving over to the tight end spot. Tight end, doing pretty well there. 3.56 value for every $1,000 spent. Again, you're shooting for 3x. Tight end, my list is pretty short. Uh, I got two, one official. Who you guys like at tight end and DFS? Uh, I got one guy. Uh, Jack Doyle for the Colts. He's 4,900 on FanDuel, 3,500 on DraftKings. Uh, he scored the past two weeks. Uh, this past week, I think he, he had nine catches for close to 80 yards. Uh, Andrew Luck obviously likes him. Uh, another game uh, that we're expecting a lot. There's a lot of games where a lot of the expected uh, scoring this week. So, uh, you know, the Colts and the Chiefs is another one of those. And uh, I expect Jack Doyle to, you know, be a, another solid fantasy play this week. I'm going with Rob Gronkowski. I'm paying up for him. Um, uh, like I shocking. Said, yeah. Well, like I said before, he, him in Buffalo is almost a lock. Ninety uh, percent of the time, he scores every time. So um, I love Gronk this week. I think he's a definite to get in the end zone at least once. Uh, and I'll pay up every day of the week for him. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with Gronk, right? And especially against the team Brady has the most touchdowns against. What I say. For every roughly 13 passes, the man throws a touchdown against Buffalo. Odds are pretty good. One of those is going to come to the Gronk. Now, you mentioned Mr. 
Doyle. Oh, Doyle rules, as they say. Uh, however, I'm going to just peep ahead a little bit here, boy. Um, I'm kind of fading Doyle. He's one of my fade calls. Let me tell you the reasons. Sure. Of course, we know. Faces Kansas City, one of five defenses that on paper, on a per-game average, PPR, uh, allowing less than eight points to the position. Plus, so tough matchup. Uh, plus, you've got Moncrief returning. I think with those two things, plus we're talking DFS, so you've got a guy returning that's going to take away some of the targets, especially red zone. They're facing a very tough matchup, and in DFS, I think Doyle's going to have a higher ownership just because he hit it out of the park last week. I, I was on Doyle last week, but I'm going to try to stay ahead of the field. If you get a high ownership going to Doyle, and he doesn't hit, that, that's going to be advantageous for you if you pivot away from him. So he he's one of my fades. You think Doyle can rise above all of that? I I, I think so. I I mean, look, I I, I understand. Uh, and again, I'm I'm a big stats guy as well, so I I, I do appreciate that. And uh, every once in a while, you kind of just have to just kind of go with your gut. Uh, I I feel like Andrew Luck just he's just got a rapport with this guy. Certainly uh, does. Like I said, he's scored the past two weeks. Uh, I I think he has a good week, but uh, of course I've been wrong before, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, a tight end is such a such a tough position. Uh, if you're not taking somebody like Gronk, you know, or, yep. or a Greg Olson, I mean, it, it really is a crapshoot. Uh, it's just so tough to pick a guy uh who's gonna get production every week. And production comes in the red zone. Production comes from scoring. Yep. Um, one of the reasons I got two. My official, I'll get to in a second. Gates, fifty three hundred on Fanduel. Gates is only 2,700 on DraftKings. That's only 200 above the league minimum for the position. In this game especially, I really like Gates. Now, in the last two weeks, he's led the team in air yards. Uh, if you're not familiar, if I can put it into words, it is basically the expected uh, amount of yards he should get or the, the value the team is putting into him. So if you count up all of his uh, yards at target, but then even in the yards when he drops the pass. So if you imagine he got all 100% of his passes how many yards would he have? That's his air yards, basically. He's led the team the past two weeks, so they've got confidence in him. They're going to him. Uh, in, the, in week seven, he should have had maybe at least two, perhaps three touchdowns, although one was on the same drive. Uh, in the last two weeks, only three tight ends have more. And as we know, he's go he's going for the, the, the historical record, most tight end touchdowns. I think they're going to try to give it to him. I think they're going to lean on him heavily. These two teams just faced in week six. That week it was Hunter Henry who had the better game. But since then, week seven, Henry was only afforded three targets to Antonio Gates' ten. So I like a Gates here. Uh, my main guy is going to be Kelsey more expensive. So I'd like to have two widely disparaging or um, varying price points for tight end, especially 5,800 on FanDuel. 49 on DraftKings, facing the Colts when tight ends have been targeted against the Colts. Here's a good one. When tight ends have been targeted against the Colts, the opposing quarterbacks completed 37 of 43 passes for 473 yards. Only five teams are giving up more fantasy points to the position in PPR. The Colts, they're, they're dinged up, and they give it up. Uh, they're left, they have three left defensive ends. 
Neither of their best two have been able to practice thus far this week. Uh, their starting strong safety questionable, only practiced on a limited basis yesterday. I really liked, we talked about Smith a little bit. I like Kelsey this week. I think he can get it done, spending down a little bit. Uh, Gates, I'm going with Kelsey officially, but boy, I really like the Gates call too. Like so. yeah, he's, he's had a pretty good career, huh? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Historically, could be Absolutely. the best ever. Yeah, Hall of Famer, definitely. Moving, we got one more. And then a few just uh, calls we're going to throw out there. Now, before we get to the defense and the last couple of picks, guys, we got to get in uh, trivia question number four for you gentlemen. As you know, um, well, maybe as you know, as you don't, uh, according to FF Today, so uh, a site we often use here at Pyro, but FF Today, PPR scoring. There's only one defense that has allowed Less than 100 fantasy points to opposing runners. Just one defense where opposing running backs have yet to combine for triple digits. Which team has boasted such a vaunted defense against uh, ball carriers? Think about that while you listen to this, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pyrolite Podcast, episode 50. Uh, as you know, the wealth of Pyro Podcasts can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast, Attic, and Blog Talk Radio. As you know, podcasts really rely on listener reviews. Give us a review and we will give back to you. As I said at the top, we off- auctioned off, or not auctioned, uh, gave away three limited edition Walter Payton Sweetness Posters, we're going to do one $50 gift card to NFL.com. That comes roughly November 25th, the week leading up to week 12. All you have to do is grab a screenshot of your review, send it to me, Mozambique at Pyromaniac.com. My email is on my Twitter, um, PyromaniacMo. And uh, send me the screenshot, and you can be entered for the $50 gift card. All right, the last trivia question we said, according to PFF, or uh, FF Today, PPR, lots of uh, letters and uh, consonants there. According to FF Today, PPR scoring, there's one defense that has not allowed opposing running backs to rack up triple-digit fantasy points. Gentlemen, I think you should be able to put this together. Which defense is it? I have no idea. I'll be honest with you. So I'm just going to take a stab at it and uh, say who I think uh, might be the best defense in the league right now, the Minnesota Vikings. That's not fair. That was my call. I thought it first, Mo. <laughs> Duke, I, I'm counting on you here because you, I think we might have even put this together earlier. I think he's telling me that I got it wrong. So uh, you take the Vikings. I'll take the Packers. The Packers, indeed. I win. <laughs> it is the Packers. <laughs> Again, he's got a computer right in front of him. Oh, though, okay, so. oh come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> Duke, I thought you were going to get it because we had talked earlier about how good they were, but you had brought up the fact that they haven't, you know, they've played some paper uh, running backs, and so maybe they didn't. He just, he just, he left it. Yeah. (laughs) It's late. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, all right, it's got to be one of the top defenses then. It's the easy call. It's surprising. Not Minnesota. Right behind Green Bay, you've got Dallas allowing a 102.8 in six. You've got Seattle, Vikings, Arizona rounding out the top five 
toughest there as of as of today. All right, we've got uh, just a few more here, and we will hit the road. But uh, defensive plays. If you were to rack up all my defensive calls thus far, I'd be 2.68 per $1,000 spent on DraftKings, shooting for that 3x. I got one play I'm going with. Who are you guys taking DFS defense? Yeah, I, I got one play, and I'm playing them everywhere this week. I'm putting up the money uh, for the top-rated defense this week. Minnesota Vikings, Monday night against Chicago, who is in shambles. Uh, Minnesota, great defense. Uh I, I don't think there's any question. I'm, I'm going to stick with my original call. I'm going to say Dallas. I like Dallas this week. I, I think it's a sneaky play. It's a cheap play. Um, I think they're a solid defense, top 15. I like both. And certainly if, you're, if you've got the cash left, again, I like to have a few guys at each position so that, you know, depending on uh, your roster construction, how much money you have, you can pivot to another guy. So if you're spending up, I certainly love the Minnesota versus um, the horrific Chicago team that they're putting up. Uh, I'm going to throw up Kansas City. 2,800 on DraftKings, 4,500 on FanDuel. Although they're on the road, I usually like a home defense. And although they say it's a high over-under, I don't think that's going to be the case. I brought that up earlier. Uh, out of six last games, uh, they have only exceeded the over twice. Again, for defenses... You're really shooting for sacks and interceptions, sacks and interceptions. So they play Indy. No quarterback has accumulated more sacks thus far, 25 for Mr. Luck. And Kansas City, no defense has accumulated more interceptions thus far, 10 in six games. So you got both of those main categories covered, uh, like Kansas City, 2,800 on DraftKings. All right, let's round this puppy out. Uh, I've already said my stack play. I've given it away. It's the it's the image this week. Jameis, famous Winston, and Mike Evans. Any other stacks out there that you guys are, are eyeballing, or are you with me on Jameis and Mr. Evans? Yeah, Jameis and Evans is, uh, I, I think that's big this week. Um, on, uh, another stack, and it's, it's going to be in the same game if you want to go even deeper here. Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, and Crabtree. Uh, again, an another... Uh, offense that I think is going to have a big week. And uh, I'm going to say because I, I think I'm predicting the Packers to beat the Falcons this week in a uh, a big-time shootout. Aaron Rodgers, and give me any one of these really four wide receivers, whether it's Jordy, Cobb, Devontae Adams, or Ty Montgomery. We already mentioned how uh, they're, you know, in DFS especially, they're very uh, pretty cheap, so... Uh, you could round out your team with a bunch of Packers, and I think they're going to put up a ton of points. Yeah, the the Winston Evans stack, I think that's that's the easiest call of the week. Uh, yeah. This week, I, I think uh, another call I do like as well is Alshon Jeffrey, Jay Cutler this week. Alshon hasn't scored all year. I think Jay Cutler's trying to make a, a point that he's still starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he finds a way to get Alshon in the end zone and to score a touchdown this week. That'd be an interesting one and certainly a, a GPP play because you've got low floor, so I don't want to play it in cash, but you could have a, a knock it out of the park and it's quite the contrarian stack as well. So you're going to gain uh, some mileage there by not a lot of people getting on it and you've got the possibility for a really high score there. So that's an interesting one. I'm even going to toss out uh, Kansas City defense Spencer Ware. 
both things go well. Uh, the game script goes well. Both could um, have a nice game. Fades, I've already listed one with Doyle. Is there anybody in, uh, just to keep in mind, we're talking DFS. So in DFS, is there anybody you are pivoting away from you're not looking to? Yeah, and, and this is, uh, I, I don't think people will agree with me, but I, I'm not playing Julio Jones this week. Do I think he's going to have a big week? Yes, uh, I do. Uh, the big thing here for me is the fact uh, he's just too expensive. Uh, he's so much higher than the second-rated uh, receiver in both FanDuel and DraftKings, who is Mike Evans. And, you know, yeah. I can't say enough. I think Mike Evans is going to have a big week. Uh, so I think you could get just about the same numbers uh, for, you know, 1500 to close to $2,000 cheaper. Uh, so it's going to be tough for me to find, you know, the money to to get Julio Jones into the lineup this week. I say Spencer Ware. You don't like Spencer Ware? Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I actually don't have the number in front of me on Spencer Ware, but I, I can't imagine he's cheap going up against Indianapolis. Uh, I think that's a cake matchup. I think there's other options you could find this week, even though it's a bad week with running backs um, with eight teams on a bye. But I may fade Spencer Ware this week just because I, I think that uh, I might be able to get more value at running back this year or this week. Real quick, Spencer Ware, 6,800 on DraftKings, and that is on FanDuel. He's 600 more, so 7,400. Uh, interesting. I'm really all over some Spencer Ware. Yeah, I am. He's, uh, he's coming out of left field with some of these DFS plays, but he's uh, he is a, his own man. <laughs> you know, I like how you guys uh, walk different ends of the spectrum because i found myself uh as i'm talking to you sometimes going one way sometimes going the other so i like to hear the uh contrasting views that you bring to the table yeah that's that's what we're known for and uh it is not an act we genuinely do not agree on on many things fantasy football so gentlemen we need ying and yang in this world there could be no male without female there could be no good without bad I agree with you there, buddy. My last fade, I said Doyle, but Jordan Howard, man. Uh, mm. Langford got in limited practice this week. This team is talking about using more of a committee approach. Howard's snaps and carries have all decreased consistently for four weeks. You got Kadeem Carey, on the other hand. His offensive snaps, his carries, conversely, have increased in the last three weeks. I think you have a three-headed mess you're headed for here in Chicago. It is running back by community, and I don't want any of them. Last but not least, we got the what you talking about, Willis. This is the bottom barrel play. So if you're looking to spend cheap, so generally, again, I always kind of keep it on DraftKings because that's what I play predominantly, but something within 500 of the minimum. So if you're talking tight end, you can go up to 3,000 because tight end minimum is 2,500. If you're talking running back wide receiver, the minimum there is 3000 You can go up to 3500 So, personally, I don't know if you're going to have any of these, but uh, the first one I don't think you would have. And I already said it earlier, so I'm going to say it now. Capri Bibbs, or Cabri Bibbs, 3000 We We talked about this a little bit earlier. I, we just don't know for sure who's going to take that job and run with it. I do like a Rob Kelly with Matt Jones being officially out as of uh, the news today, but... We didn't see it, you know, in, I'm sorry, with Washington a few weeks ago in Oakland. 
We all thought he was going to get it, and it, it didn't exactly come to fruition. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition with Rob Kelly. I do like Kelly, but there's a chance. There's a chance it could be Bibbs, and that's a nice contrarian play. I got another one, but uh, anybody bottom of the barrel that you'd be willing to roll the dice on? Yeah, I, I actually got two of them, and uh, I tried to narrow it down to one, but I, I kept thinking of the other guy as well. So uh, one of them is Seth Roberts. Uh, I, I mean, we've talked about Oakland, uh, you know, all day here. It's just, I think they're going to put up a ton of points. And of course you got Cooper, you got Crabtree. Uh, Seth Roberts is that guy that, uh, he's involved in the offense, obviously not to the extent that they are, but, uh, I, I have a, a feeling that he could, uh, you know, a lot of yards to go around, touchdowns to go around. I think Seth Roberts finds himself in a little bit of action and, uh, the other one, this is uh, even a little more crazy than that, but we talked about Jordan Reed earlier about not really knowing how he's going to be coming back here. Uh, how about Vernon Davis, who is, at, I know on FanDuel, he's at the minimum price uh, at tight end. If Jordan Reed is not Jordan Reed, I mean, Vernon Davis has stepped in and done a pretty good job. So uh, he still could be a part of this offense until Jordan Reed is uh, actually 100%. I'm going to go, my favorite play this week is going to be Chris Hogan uh, in New England, uh, returning against Buffalo for the first time in Buffalo. I think Brady will make a point to get him in the end zone this week at least once. Um, he's about as cheap as you can get for a uh, number two wide receiver uh, right now. So I'll, I'll take Chris Hogan right now against Buffalo. I like all these calls you're, you're tossing out here. Seth Roberts, interesting. We talked about the importance for opportunity, red zone opportunity. He actually leads, if I'm not mistaken, he leads uh, Oakland wide receivers in red zone targets. Sure, my uh, keeper loves that. <laughs> yeah, he was, Seth. I know this. Seth Roberts was my call last week. I don't think it has changed, uh, but that was one of the reasons is that they're going to him when they're down there. Now, Cooper, I will say, in the last three weeks, I think he's tied with – uh, Crabtree for red zone looks. So he, it's getting there, but God, if he could just add that to his repertoire, he'd be fantastic. I don't know if it's him or if it's a car or they're not calling his number when they get down there, but that's certainly missing from his game. I wish it was not, uh, still like him this week. My other guy, we talked about him, Rob Kelly. Uh, so you're going to take, take your, wherever you're going to get a Capri bibs, Rob Kelly, they're both $3,000, you can play him either way. I don't know where you're going to go with it, but uh, 3000 or my two what you talking about calls, Capri Bibbs, Rob Kelly. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure for uh, episode 50. Thank you for joining me. Oh, Mo, thank you so much for having us on. Uh, always fun. And uh, like I said before, we'd like to have you on the Duke and Boy Show as soon as we can. We'll work that out behind the scenes a little bit, but uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we love the show. Congrats on the 50th. And, uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you both uh, so much. It's been a pleasure to have you back. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've heard him on my show here before. Again, part of the FF Podcast Network. Uh, check us out, FF Podcast Network. You can see it on Facebook uh, where you can see all of these great shows. We we try to self-promote and um Give high fives or Twitter high fives to one another, I suppose, and retweet each other's works. They are Duke and Boy. Check out their podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Duke, A-N-D-B-O-Y. Uh, they are just fantastic. I thank them for joining me today. Uh, of course, you heard Tea Leaf Green on the way in. 
with The Garden Part 3. Uh, stay tuned for that song in its entirety. And until episode 51 on the next show, this is Pyromaniac Mo, and we will catch you on the flip side. Like me, just like me.